Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader, or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode 69 of the Leading Learning Podcast. This time around, we will be talking with Jonathan Finkelstein, the founder and CEO of Credly, a digital credential service provider. Before we get started, we have a couple of quick notes, and we'd also like to highlight a resource that we think listeners might find valuable. First of all, we want to be sure to thank your membership, our sponsor for the first quarter of 2017. Your membership's learning management system is specifically designed for professional education with a highly flexible and intuitive system that customizes the learning experience. The LMS seamlessly integrates with key systems to manage all of your educational content formats in one central location while providing powerful tools to create and deliver assessments, evaluations, and learning communities. Support your learning strategy across all devices and platforms, deliver to a global audience, and empower your organization to be the key education voice for your industry with your membership. You can find out more about your membership at yourmembership.com. Next, we encourage you to ask yourself, Am I a serious learning business professional committed to investing in my own professional growth and improvement? If the answer is yes, then there is no way you're going to want to miss out on Learning Technology Design, or LTD for short, our upcoming virtual conference created specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. The event will take place March 1st through 3rd, and you can get all of the details at ltd.leadinglearning.com. We really hope you and others at your organization will consider joining us. Now, last time around, we introduced a new feature to our introductory segment here on the podcast, and specifically, we started highlighting a resource we felt listeners would find valuable. So, Salisa, do you want to do the honors this time around? Yes. Um, Given that our focus of the interview today, uh, we thought we would highlight a white paper that we published. It's called Exploring the Fringe. Flipping Micro-Credentials and MOOCs. And we published this a little while back, and we referred to the trends in the title as Fringe because our research showed that relatively few organizations had moved to really embrace them. In the white paper, we take a look at each of those trends in detail, and we discuss when each might make sense for an association to pursue and some factors to consider before jumping on the bandwagon. You can get Exploring the Fringe at tagoras.com slash fringe. And we'll also make sure to include that link in the show notes for this episode. And that was a, that was a good white paper, a valuable white paper. And I think it's still true that organizations have not really jumped on the bandwagon with at least two of those trends, but one of them, micro-credentialing, seems to be gaining momentum fast. And, and that, of course, is one of the reasons we're excited to be talking with Jonathan Finkelstein. 
That's right. It was uh, great to have a chance to speak with him. We talk about what um, digital credentials are, and we talk about sort of the distinction between digital credentials and digital badges. So if um, you're interested in that, you would want to make sure to listen to this. Also, we get into things, um, you know, Jonathan's been involved in um, digital credentials for a number of years now, very deeply steeped in learning. And so just getting to talk to him some about what he's seen change over the years. And then I also asked him to put on his, uh, you know, his uh, future goggles and see what he thought would be coming uh, down the pike towards us all. Um, and it was a really good conversation. And I also want to make sure to mention here that Jonathan, along with uh, Stephanie Owen from the National Wood Flooring Association, will be talking at Learning Technology Design, that three-day uh, virtual conference that Jeff just mentioned. They'll be doing a session uh, specifically on uh, digital badges in the context of an association. So Jonathan has a lot of hands-on experience. He's also just very thoughtful about learning in general and the role that badging can play in supporting um, the verification of learning. Well, I'm really interested to find out what future goggles sound like on a podcast. <laughs> so let's get rolling with the interview. I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast, and today I'm talking with Jonathan Finkelstein. Jonathan is the founder and CEO of Credly, which is a digital credential service provider, and he has deep experience working in the field of learning and education at Credly and at previous organizations. So Jonathan, first, thank you for making time to talk with me. Salisa, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And so since the introduction I offered was pretty brief, I want to give you opportunity here at the beginning to say a bit more about yourself and your background and Credly. Thanks for the opportunity to do that. Um, well, I, my, my background is I'm the son of uh, two public school teachers from New York City uh, who uh, care very much about experiential learning and authentic learning. And I, I grew up appreciating that learning happens both inside and outside the traditional classroom, and that all of it uh, tells the story about who we are and what we care about and what we can offer the world. Um, and I, I noticed in working in the world of online learning and, and working with large mission-oriented organizations to bring the learning and education programs they offer online over the last many years, that there was a lot of great attention to how we engage people and create meaningful learning experiences, um, but very little attention to the outcomes of those amazing learning experiences. How do we give people a way of showcasing what they know? What is the, the proxy or the, the artifact that is left behind after a great learning experience? And traditionally, that if there is anything, it's been a paper certificate. Mm. And yet we've seen very little innovation in that output. Uh, it seems to me that, that in a world in which you can have amazing internships and incredible 3D online learning opportunities and amazing games and simulations and and amazing in-person classroom activities that we haven't innovated on the credential itself. And that's really where the idea for Credly came from. How can we provide greater value of the outcomes of great learning experiences? Well, I love that emphasis on the outcomes and that ability to really demonstrate what's what's been learned, because I know that's certainly something that uh, we at Tagoras hold very uh, near and dear. And I think many of uh, our listeners, you know, are always struggling with how do we show what impact the learning is having. Absolutely. So I know that digital credentials are, are a big focus then of what you do there at Credly. So what I want you to do now, though, is, is define that term, digital credential. And, and as part of that definition, if you would also 
say whether or not you think that term is synonymous with digital badge? That's a good question. I think there are a lot of people around lots of tables, even here in uh, this year, uh, still trying to answer that question because there are a lot of different ways that people describe what a credential or a digital credential is. I'm going to take the what I think is the simplest, most versatile definition, and it's the one that I really uh, come back to. I think that a credential is, a, is any claim that is verifiable by some other party. In other words, anything that's not simply self-reported information. Think about what's on your resume. Think about what's on your LinkedIn profile. Think about the things you say about yourself. And then think about what uh, kinds of things uh, other people can say or have said about you. Most traditionally, those have been things like your degree or your college transcript or perhaps a professional certificate that you've earned, those are credentials. But your driver's license is a credential as well. Um, uh, and increasingly, there are groups focused on individual competencies and verifying very specific skills and being much more granular about what you can assert about what someone else knows. What else can someone claim about what they can do as verified by a third party? Um, whether it's a competency-based education program at a university or an association that has specific certificate or training programs and very specific skills. I think the outcomes as verified for any of those skills or full-on certificate or degree programs can represent a credential. Um, so I take a very open view as to what it is because in different contexts, credentials can come in different denominations of currency, different size, uh, different size that may be more suited from one place to another. A badge, I believe, is a vehicle to transmit that information. A badge can represent an entire degree or professional certificate, or it can be for one very discrete skill, like you know how to code medical records or code JavaScript. Uh, and uh, so a badge is one vehicle, one transportation method to let someone know that you have a verified claim or a credential to your name. Okay, so credential, sort of the, the bigger, the more umbrella term, and then the, the badge would sort of be one option within that uh, umbrella. Or that, That's right. I think if you think of it this way, a credential could be represented on a paper certificate. It could be represented as a, a, a single line of data in a spreadsheet. It could be represented as a, something written to a blockchain. It could be something issued as a badge or an open badge where that data is in a different kind of package. Um, think about opening up any kind of software program that you use or Google Docs or Microsoft Word. There's a file menu and you can save your data out in different formats. To me, a badge is one kind of format, uh, albeit one that has gotten a lot of um, recognition because of its portability and because of the open standards that it represents. Yeah. And so, you know, here we are, and I think you talked about this a little bit in your opening comments, but, you know, just talk a little bit about the relationship between digital credentials and, and learning. For me, a credential is a marker in time. It's a way of looking both forward and back at the same time. What I mean by that is when you give learners an opportunity to appreciate what they've accomplished, you're saying, hey, we watched you in action, we assessed your learning, uh, we watched you complete successfully a course or an assessment, and um, we can now vouch for you and say this is what you're capable of. Here are your capabilities, here are your skills, your knowledge, even your talents. And um, that is a way of helping an individual look back at what they've accomplished, but 
more so a credential, or at least as important as the ability for a credential to help that person look forward from that learning, from those skills to say, now, how can I apply it? What can I do next? Um, so I think this is one of the reason that early on, a lot of people conflated credentials and badges with the notion of gamification or engagement, because I think that looking back part, that scaffolding of an experience can sometimes feel like a set of rules that, or, or, or ladders that help you uh, help you step through what can be sometimes a rather lengthy learning process. It breaks things down into appropriate, meaningful outcomes. Um, so, so to me, though, in short, a, a credential is a, a proxy for learning and for demonstration of skills and knowledge. Okay, so yeah, it's that it's that demonstrated proof of of the learning. It sounds like that's right. And so, you know, I know at Credly you work with a variety of organizations, including associations. And so I would love to hear from you what you see smart organizations doing with digital credentials these days. That's a great question. I, I think that smart organizations are naturally coming to incorporating the idea of digital badges into credentials and to what they do because they just as they are a proxy for a lot of inputs in, in then in turn representing representing very discrete outputs, they are also um, representing a, a kind of convergence of a lot of important themes for associations that come together in a badge. It sometimes seems like a, a really simple way of bringing together a lot of important trends and, and needs. For example, um, a lot of associations are, are understanding that digital credentials are a way of fostering member engagement, um, a way of asserting and affirming the value that an organization plays to its members throughout the year by reporting and representing their outcomes. How do they, uh, how are they representing the skills that people uh, acquire or demonstrate over the course of a year, whether it's through conferences or through participating in professional committees or, or reviewing papers or writing papers or speaking and doing research, uh, contributing to a community, contributing to one's own learning. Um, these are all things that our associations are in a position to assess and to recognize. And they're also a great way of validating the association as an important uh, contributor to professional trades and to the lives of individuals who are advancing in their careers. Associations bring the credibility of a third party who has a good understanding of what people um, should be able to do at different stages of their career. And by putting their imprimatur, their stamp of approval on the ways people demonstrate their involvement, um, they, they're providing a great service and value to their members. So I would say member engagement Part of that is also projecting the value of the association's brand. Um, what better way to showcase to the world what you as an organization value than through the people who demonstrate and, and, and represent those values out in the world? There's no better ambassador, no better influencer or advertisement for the kinds of programs that your association offers than people who are out in the world who've completed them. And so each digital badge is a walking advertisement for an association and a, and a really valuable, delightful way of building relationships with members because it's like walking around. There are many people who walk around with wallet cards that, uh, that indicate what clubs and what societies uh, that they belong to. And there's a sense of pride when a third party uh, has validated your interests and your skills and your membership uh, by giving you something that bears their official stamp. Uh, uh, and, and so it's a way of building relationships. And I would also say that it's, uh, it also helps with recruitment, that organizations that uh, and 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 um, and retention of of members that by applying digital badges 
to all of the different meaningful ways in which people can leave their mark in the field or in the association's uh, community, they are creating a, a more common currency, a way of creating connections between what might otherwise seem like disparate programs or pathways, and instead giving people a more holistic view about how they can step through the different kinds of offerings an association has and see how they all relate and stack or build up to, to meaningful uh, outcomes for individuals. So recruitment, engagement, uh, uh, the association's brand, these are all, I think, some of the benefits that people and organizations are seeing as they bring badges into the into their programming. Right. Those all sound like, right, exactly the types of things that associations want more engagement, uh, better brand recognition and, and brand value and right to recruit and retain. So that's great. You know, you've been working in digital credentials for, for a number of years now. So can you talk a little bit about what changes you've noted? Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I, I think that there've been a, a few notable uh, ones. One is I've I've noticed that organizations tend to bring to the launch of a digital badge or credential program more stakeholders. That they recognize that this is a story about improving marketing as much as it is about improving educational programs and outcomes, as much as it is about partnerships between industry and associations that they serve. Um, that that what seems like a or what can start in any one of those departments or others. Uh, ultimately does bridge uh, uh, the conversation between multiple stakeholders trying to serve the the ecosystem as a whole. Uh, so I, I definitely see uh, see that as a trend. Um, uh, for example, when Educause, an association uh, that serves IT professionals in the world of education, first started, uh, they were actually very pioneering and early to bring many stakeholders to the table. And we've since seen uh, uh, from the time they launched until the present uh, an overlay of digital credentials into all different parts of, of the year-round programming that Educause does. What started as badges for uh, meaningful achievements at their annual conference has now encompassed the courses people complete online, their thought leadership in being publishers or presenters or writers um, uh, or volunteers in a meaningful way. And, and it has created a scaffolding that covers the whole organization. Um, Another uh, thing that we've seen is a recognition that an investment in a digital credential program pays dividends in a number of different ways. And so there's an increasing understanding of the ROI of uh, return on investment of a di digital badge program. Uh, for some, it's, hey, we used to issue paper certificates like the American an Institute for Certified Public Accountants, the AICPA. And now we're replacing all of the paper certificates that the AICPA issues with a digital version which uh, not only saves the time and the expense of fulfilling and printing and mailing paper, but also provides a lot more value to the member of the association because now this is not something that goes in a drawer or hangs only in their office, but it's something that they can showcase and that is now searchable online. It can be found on LinkedIn uh, for CPAs that maintain a Facebook presence. They can share these uh, with their communities and the groups that they serve for individuals who work in more corporate settings and large accounting firms. It's a way of letting their peers know that they are the expert within the organization and are maintaining their expertise or building their expertise in very specific accounting areas. So there's that recognition that there's a there's added value and and money saved. And then thirdly, I would say that there is a happy medium between what used to be a sort of bifurcation that digital badges were about games and digital credentials were about certifications and resume worthy achievements. And I think one thing I've been 
finding is that they they the sweet spot is a digital credential that has inherent value that leads to new opportunities that is respected in the industry or the marketplace is intrinsically motivating. It doesn't need to be gamified mm. if it has real value. And I think we're seeing people put a lot of emphasis on what are the badges that they themselves would be proud to receive. And that's what organizations are focused on issuing to their members. What are the most meaningful outcomes uh, that an association can recognize? Well, that's great. So so the attention to all the stakeholders that could be involved, that thinking about this not just as an expense, but as the an investment that can um, pay in dividends, and then that idea of thinking about, okay, what would really matter as a digital credential and trying to think that through. Um, so when you look out to the future, you know, what's on the horizon for digital credentials? What new developments do you think we're going to see in the coming you know, two or three or five years, you can set whatever time horizon you'd like. Yeah, well, I, I think one is a the use of digital badges and credentials to catalyze uh, the association portion of our economy and of our ecosystem to be in a much uh, stronger uh, position to play a role in lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that as digital credentials are helping people see outcomes in ways that are not just degree centric. Um, we will see associations be able to assert themselves in stronger ways as part of, um, a way of filling needs within the labor market. Um, for example, if you look at, uh, groups like, uh, uh, Brandman university or others that are pioneers in the world of competency based education, they are taking what used to be the, the sort of $10,000 bill, uh, d- the denomination of currency called the degree and saying, yes, we still believe in the degree, but we also believe that each of the skills that you earn on your way to it have value. And among the digital credentials they issue in real time to people enrolled in their programs are things like communication skills and problem solving and the ability to uh, apply creativity in global, uh, in solving global problems. Um, but because they have broken their credential called the degree into into smaller units, they're actually able to take uh, workforce outcomes that come from or, or assessed by associations, industry certifications that are that nonprofit organizations are able to assess and blend those into that learning experience, giving someone a, a chance to to essentially um, shop in the competency marketplace, as my my colleague uh, Ryan Craig calls it, the idea that you can piece together just the pieces you need to get just the competencies you need to get the job. Uh, uh, that awaits you or to get on the project or the team that you belong on. And associations, I think, because they serve professionals at all stages of their careers and are particularly sensitive to the needs of an industry in order to maintain uh, their their relevance and attract new members, that they will be filling in the, the gaps in the labor market. And I think digital credentials really help grease the wheels of that progress. And I think we're already seeing associations start to form unique partnerships and to fill that gap. That's great. Yeah, no, and I, I'm, I totally agree that I think there's a real place for associations to play. And I think you're making a, a strong point for the, the role that digital credentials can help in, in, in associations really playing that role in lifelong learning and, and filling those gaps. Yeah. 
So there, you know, I, I asked you to make a little bit of a prediction um, in terms of what was going to happen. But if we go the other way and get really practical about the here and now, you know, if, if a podcast listener is wondering, okay, how do I get started with a digital credential at my organization? You know, what would you recommend to her? You know, what would be a first step or two to get started? I would say one way to get started is to look for uh, look look at your organization through two lenses. One, do we currently offer uh, a credential or uh, some recognition of achievement that should be digitized? Do we do we print paper certificates? Do we offer awards? Uh, do we give people pins or special badges on their conference badges every year? How many of those current outcomes should have a digital equivalent that makes it easy for you as the association? to um, allow your members or earners to showcase these in, a, in a, a digital world, to easily get them onto their LinkedIn profile, to share them on their resumes, to let their supervisors and their peers at their organizations know what the skills they have without relying on them passing around a, a photograph of maybe something on paper. So what are the easy analog uh, or easy transformation from, from analog to digital that can be made, that's a great place to start. And most organizations have outcomes already ready to sort of anchor a new digital badge or credential ecosystem. Um, and then and then begin to issue in digital format. Use open standards. Uh, my organization, Credly, is very active in adopting open standards. Uh, we, we issue what are called open badges. Uh, we also are very big proponents of work happening that uh, Lumina is supporting around a, a credential registry. And, and there's a range of other efforts um, because the technology will change. And it's important not to wind up with a Betamax tape or a VHS tape <laughs> of your credentials. And that's our job at Credly is to make sure that people issuing credentials uh, will always be using the latest and greatest technology when it comes to issuing them. And so we work with a, a lot of organizations to help them uh, help them make that first step. So that was the one approach. Look for what you already have and digitize it. Two is inventory all the place, inventory the ways in which your programs allow your members to leave a mark to sort of mess up the snow and 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 showcase what they what they know and are there ways to create a, a digital badge uh, uh, program that actually fill in the gaps that recognize learning and outcomes where they're not already being recognized that's an equally valid place to start and these are not mutually exclusive and to do that you can start with an individual conference or program uh, you can start with an individual type of member like your new uh, your new members, like such as your 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 up and coming millennials who are joining for the first time, um, and sort of follow their pathway across the year. What are the places in which you can arm them with a digital badge that helps them be more effective in communicating what they know and what they can do in the workplace as they get started, while providing you data about what their interests are and how they're using these credentials and what kinds of new programs and programming you can offer to help complete that pathway or get them to become renewed members who, who remain engaged. Um, so there are uh, places to uh, to issue badges, uh, obviously, uh, self-servingly, Credly is is uh, is one is one of those places. But don't let that be the. I think the first uh, part of getting started is to simply be a little uh, introspective and look at what your programs are, and um, and decide which are the nickels and the dimes and the quarters and the dollars in that ecosystem, and pick one of those or all of those denominations and begin to issue. Well, great. So there's some some ways to get started, but. When you see organizations get into implementation of digital badges, what are some of the typical barriers that might be hit, whether that's in 
you know, within the organization that's looking to implement or whether it's even just kind of at, at the broader societal level, what are the barriers to really, uh, you know, across the board, having digital credentials really explode? Uh, one would be a, a metaphorical paralysis. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the idea that, oh, there are so many things we could do. Where should we start? Right. And feeling like the entire ecosystem or world of their badges or credentials need to be mapped out before any single one can be issued. And what we have found is that, while it's nice to have a a general plan, uh, a blueprint, you do not need to have it complete. Uh, You can introduce quarters after nickels and dimes. Um, uh, uh, You can uh, introduce or start with the dollar, meaning start with the credential you already issue and digitize that and then fill in gaps later, um, that you begin to understand what your members uh, and what your audience values as you start to do this. And um, so that's the the first thing. you, You shouldn't feel that you need to have the whole structure or blueprint in place before you begin. You will learn a lot. The second um, barrier can sometimes be um, wondering what the value of the badge will be, Um, Mm. wondering if this is something new, if it's not for an existing industry-recognized achievement or credential, uh, will introducing something new provide, uh, you know, cause confusion or cannibalization of of other programs. And I think that's actually very simply addressed uh, by talking to the third party that would value this and asking them, if I produced a record, a verified claim or or digital version of a certificate that someone had achieved a certain outcome, um, would you value that? Would you interview this person for a job? Would it make it easier for you to to find people with specific skills? Um, Would you, as an association yourself, would somebody with that credential be a better candidate for speaking at your annual conference or being approached to chair a committee or to research a paper? How would you give someone an opportunity because they had that credential? So simply applying the litmus test, how would we as an association or how would a third party such as an employer or uh, a recruiter uh, or a peer in the field value it? And usually that question can be answered very easily and you don't need to wonder whether the credential would have value, you will know. Right. Well, great. And so this is the next to last question. And this is one we like to ask everyone we interview for the Leading Learning Podcast. And it's uh, simply about your own uh, practice and approach to lifelong learning. How do you keep learning, Jonathan? The most important thing to me is to make sure I have access to interesting people with different perspectives and skills than I do, who can point me uh, into territory that I would not tread if I were left to my own devices. So um, I think there's a lot of ways in this world for people to be really smart. And I think there's a lot of smart people in all sorts of uh, places, whether you find them in your current workplace, whether you find them by joining associations, whether you find them by following people on, on social media that you wouldn't normally have followed. That's where I get my cues as to, uh, as to where I should be going that I'm not currently exploring. All right. So a diversity of, of uh, opinions and ideas is important to your learning, it sounds like. And people who, who challenge me and, and get me out of my comfort zone. Mm. And so last question, if listeners want to know more, connect with you, where should they go? Uh, they can find me personally on Twitter at J.E. Finkelstein. That's F-I-N-K-E-L-S-T-E-I-N. Uh, they can find Credly at Credly on Twitter. And they can uh, visit our website at credly.com, C-R-E-D-L-Y. 
Well, great. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for making time to talk with me. Thanks for the opportunity. I enjoyed it. So that's a wrap on our interview with Jonathan Finkelstein. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks again to your membership for being the sponsor of this episode of the podcast, indeed, for the whole of the first quarter of 2017. And you can find out more about your membership at yourmembership.com. And we also want to mention again that we have registration rolling for Learning Technology Design, or LTD, our virtual conference that is specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. Again, you can get all the details and register at ltd.leadinglearning.com. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 69. While you're there, you will see options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you are getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. And we'd also be grateful if you'd take a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. All you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. Just takes a minute and we'd really appreciate it. It makes us feel good that uh, there are appreciative listeners out there. Also makes it easier for others to find the podcast. And consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network of your preference to spread the good word. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.